Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, I pray that you're ready for the word this morning. I'm uh, excited to share what God has put on my heart. And I just want to say this, that every opportunity we have May we never take it for granted. I know we do this, some of us, every single Sunday. And maybe you're you're tired of hearing me speak every Sunday. Hopefully not. Uh, But as, you know, let's never allow this opportunity to grow old for us. I believe that this is the living Word of God. And as we hear it, every time we open God's Word, we should receive something fresh. And I'm reminded that when God sustained his people, Israel, he provided manna. Now, I'm not saying that because it's my last name. But he provided fresh manna every morning. And quail was provided. They had sustenance and they had their food. And God baked it fresh for them. In the same way, I believe when every time we open the word of God, this is our daily bread that there's an opportunity for God to speak. And my prayer is that we're we're not full from what we did last night, but we come hungry. Amen? Because I know that when when I come to the table and I'm hungry, I always leave satisfied. I always leave satisfied. When we approach God and His Word, may there be a new hunger that we discover, and God will speak to you in whatever circumstance or situation you might find yourself. Can you say amen? Amen. We're ready for the word. And so the title of my message today is recalibrating. Recalibrating. And that word calibrate is to carefully assess, set, or adjust. Anyone have uh, an an app? I was going to say an iOS app, but if you have Android, it's not iOS. So does anyone have an app that you use for navigation, right? Have, have you ever had a moment where maybe you turned on a wrong street? It, it recalculates or it recalibrates your route based on where your coordinates are at that given moment. And I love it because I never get lost anymore. But I want to share with you a quick story uh, of a time when I was getting ready to get married. My sister lives in Perth, Australia. And uh, at the time, I was living in Burlington, and we had to go to Buffalo Airport to pick, pick her and her family up, and I was there with my brother-in-law, uh, Mike. He was a pastor here before me, Mike Caretti, and he borrowed someone's GPS. Now, I'm not talking about a phone. I'm talking the older ones where if the map is out of date, you're not going to go to the right destination anyways. And so he's like, I, I want to lead the way. I'm like, but Why? I know, I know how to get there. Like, I don't even need the phone. I don't need a GPS. And so I, he was, just seemed so excited that his friend lent him this GPS. So he suction cupped it to the window, plugged it in, did all of that fun stuff. And I kid you not, we leave from our, my house in Burlington, and we were going to the highway. So it's like 403 and QEW where it meets, and which was like a two-minute drive from where we started and I kid you not within the first two minutes he already pulled over and I I go up next to him I said what's going on he said it says it's recalculating the route and I I said just follow me 
and I led him the whole way without a glitch. The way home, he wanted to lead, and I will not tell you the rest of that story because we got home at 3 in the morning. And my sister coming from Australia with her family was very upset. But that's for another day. But he pulled over because it had to recalculate. And I don't know if you ever feel like this, but isn't life sometimes a lot like that? Where it's like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's going on. I don't, and it's like, I just need to pull over. And what, what you thought was the destination somehow is not so clear anymore. And there has to be a recalibrating of your life. A recalibrating where you find your way again. And I'm not just saying any way. I'm saying the right way. The right destiny. The right destination. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, would you stand with me and turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Old Testament, Lamentations chapter 3. And we're going to read just a couple of verses today. Lamentations chapter 3. It'll be on the screen behind me. And we'll read verse 25 and 26. If you're there, shout amen. If you're still turning, say hold on. I can hear a few pages. Here's what it says. Lamentations 3, verse 25 and 26. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. Verse 26, So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. I'm going to say it again. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank You this morning. Father, it doesn't matter where any of us find ourselves, what matters is we're all in your house today. And Lord, maybe for those who will listen in the future on the podcast, wherever they may be as well. And Father, I thank you that as we hear and consider your word, Lord, we have an opportunity to recalibrate our lives, that we are grounded and centered in you. And Father, you get to determine and lead us where we should go. And Father, we thank you today for this opportunity we have to be together, to hear your word. And I simply ask for your anointing upon my mind, my lips, and my heart. For I'm only human, but God, I'm trying to communicate your holy word. Help me to do that today, I pray, effectively for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, this week was a bit of a a different week for me from normal. I attended uh, a wedding, and I didn't really know many people. This was on Friday. And then yesterday, I was at a conference uh, here in the city where, again, I didn't really know too many people. But the one common thing was we were all believers. And I just was looking around, and and I shared this with those who were here this morning for the pre-service prayer time. And I was just trying to listen in the busyness of the week, in the craziness of the week, I was just trying to find God's voice in everything. You know when you feel like you're just going 100 miles an hour and like you kind of miss everything on the highway? Uh, We don't drive that fast either. 100 miles is 160 
kilometers, so forgive that uh, example, but we feel like we're going that fast in life. And we miss a lot of things. So I, I, in the busyness of this week, I was just trying to listen for God's voice. And I was actually encouraged. Uh, in the midst of the week, I, I'll be honest, I, I spoke with, with a, a mom from our church who is struggling physically in her body with sickness, who's unable to attend our services because of what she's going through. And to, like, just in me calling, she said, Pastor John, I was having such a bad week. And the fact that you called me right now, in the middle of what was going on here, she said, I know it was God. And I just thought, that's amazing. That in the struggle and the craziness, like a phone call could, could speak to someone in the way that it did. And as I was at the wedding and then the conference yesterday, as I was trying to continue to listen to God's voice, you know what I felt Him show me was, look around. Like we know our church in this context because we gather here, but as, as I was at a different church on Shepherd near Bayview, and, and I realized there are so many other people that love Jesus as much as I do. We're not alone in this journey on this earth. We're not alone. Yes, we know God is with us. Jesus said, I will be with you. But as I looked around, I just felt God wanting to encourage me. And now I'm encouraging you that you might feel like you're all alone. You might feel like you're struggling alone. And you feel isolated. But I want you to know that there are people all around you that love God, that love you. And I want you to know that there's a God who loves you, but there are people who maybe have walked through what you're walking through that can encourage you, but you have to be able to slow down a bit. You have to be able to listen and say, Lord, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me? And this morning, as we talk about recalibrating I believe that the problem many of us have is because we are going and we're going, we kind of get tunnel vision in the sense that we don't notice everything else around us because we're stuck in this one context of life. And it's almost like we're driving through a tunnel. And, and it's like a vortex has sucked you in and this is all you see and this is all you know. I want you to know this morning, God wants to recalibrate that in your life. To allow you to see more. To allow you to experience more. But it comes in a way that I believe is different than how you expect it. Why do I say that? Kevin DeYoung said, we are so busy with a million pursuits that we don't even notice the most important thing slipping away. You could read it behind me, but I also want to say it again. We are so busy with a million pursuits that we don't even notice the most important things slipping away. And in case you can't read between the lines, Jesus. He's an anchor, firm and secure. He's an anchor for your soul. And as, you, as life goes, you know, the older I get, yeah, life flies by. <laughs> like my son's about to turn seven. And I thought, I feel like I just held him in my arms for the first time. Like I remember every detail, like it was yesterday. And the older I get, now I'm remembering what my parents used to say, like, you know, summer vacation, two months off from school, used to feel like 
eternity. I'm like, I just want to go back. I wish it was September. Now I'm like, the year flies by. The year flies by. And we go through life. At that pace, a lot of things, and especially the main thing, Jesus, often gets the back seat. And we think to gain God's attention, maybe I need to just do more. So you serve at church and you say, you know what, just schedule me all the time because I want God to notice me. And, and this is how some of us might think. Or we think, I need to be a little louder. So at prayer night or encounter night, it's like, you know, I'm going to step out and I'm just going to shout a bit louder. Or I'm going to worship a bit louder to get God's attention. And, and he does, you know, dwell in the praises of his people. So it's a good thing to do. But it's not necessarily about how loud you can get. And then thirdly, some of us think like, maybe I just got to do things for God, but do them faster. Like, I I just got to get things done for God. And I'm going to do it as quickly as possible because we want to get God's attention. This morning, I want to just set you free from all of that. I want to set you free. You don't have to get louder. You don't have to do things faster. And you don't have to put more on your plate to think like, now God is going to, you know, bend his ear towards me you know God is already listening his his ear is not deaf the Bible says and his arm is not short but listen to Psalm 46 verse 1 and 2 God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea my friend, if you're too busy for God, you're going to miss you're going to miss him when life gets crazy. When you need him most, he's still there. He's he's an ever-present help, but I want you to know he's not just there when times are bad. He's he's always he's there. He's consistent and he's constantly there. And and the tendency if you're anything like me is this. When life's good, I kind of forget about God because I'm good. Life's good. My kids are good. My marriage is good. I'm good. But then when things start to get bad, it's like, God, I need you. Where are you, God? In the midst of this valley, I need you, God. And we live life this up and down when God is a constant through it all. But I want to say this. If we're running so fast and trying to do more and do all of that stuff, it's going to actually be hard to receive from him because God is not a McDonald's drive through where you just drive through on a Sunday morning and you're like, hey, God, I need uh, a cup of blessing. I need uh, a sandwich of grace and some more love on the side, just two packets, and I'm going to be on my way for the rest of the week, and I'll see you next week, same time, same place, drive through Christianity, right? God doesn't work like that. And this morning, I want to share with you three ways that, that we can recalibrate ourselves. And I don't think we can isolate and separate the three, but I think each one helps us build from the other. And the first is this, be still. You need to be still. Being still requires you to stop. <laughs> right? And and let me say this, it doesn't mean stop serving the Lord. It doesn't mean stop serving in church or doing things for God. 
It means that you need to be still and know that he is God in the midst of what you are doing. And I want to share this picture with you that I have in my head of being still. You could be in a very crowded and noisy arena, if you will, with thousands of people, and you could still be still. You could still stop and have a special moment in the middle of that. How do I know? I could fall asleep in a crowded, noisy place. It almost turns into like a, a hum, right? A buzz. And you could fall asleep in a different but similar kind of way. In the middle of, you know, a busy place, you can still be still before the Lord. You can quiet down the busyness of your day and be still. It requires me to stop, though. Stop maybe what I was rushing to do and to just stop where I am like me this week, like I already shared, I was trying to hear God. And in the busyness of the week, I, it took a lot of effort for me to get to that place finally. It implies, though, when the word, we're going to get to the scripture in a second, but be still implies that there's the opposite that's maybe happening in my life. It implies that maybe I'm very busy, and God knows that. Maybe I'm, I'm running around trying to do a lot, or that... You are striving, right? With God, I don't believe that we are supposed to strive. You don't have to strive. God's not, you know, like dangling something over us and we're trying to attain and try to grab it. No, God is a good Father. We already sang about it. We, we said it already today in the service that whatever He has for your life, He wants to give it to you. But are you willing to be still? So that he can actually tell you what he wants to give you. Or actually give it to you. So being still implies then that we're probably doing the opposite. That we're trying to do everything to, to get God to move his hand. But Psalm 46 verse 10 and 11 say, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Now, this is awesome, but you have to be still to be able to know that he is God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. God wants to reveal who he is to you. But you have to take a moment and be still before him. You know, being in church on a Sunday morning is a great opportunity. You know, but my guess is this is easy to be still here. Perhaps. Unless you have young kids maybe running around like us. But what about during the week? You still have to take time to be still and know that he is God. In the workplace, when you're getting frustrated, maybe employees or your boss are just pushing your buttons, and it's, it's driving you to the edge where you're like, this is, I'm a Christian here, but I'm about to cross, right? I'm about to say some things that I know they're here, but I don't want them to come out here. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful. But in those moments, try to be still. Take, take a breath. And in the breath, just be still and know, yes, you're God. Your God, even in this, you want to reveal yourself even through what I'm experiencing here.
And so being busy for God doesn't win his attention. I'm going to submit that to you. You're already the apple of his eye. If you know as a believer who you are in Christ, you have identity as a son and a daughter of the king. It's a truth. I didn't hear any amens. So maybe i got to preach that a bit more. That you are a son and you are a daughter of the king. And so what does that mean? You're already the apple of his eye. His affection is already leaning down towards you. You don't have to win his approval. He loves you already just as you are, as his child. And so, as we're still and we know that he is God, I don't have to strive for his attention. I don't have to try to do great things to try to win his affection. I am his son. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he loves you just the way you are. But he wants to communicate with you. So be still and know that he is God. Some some more examples in Scripture. We have in Luke chapter 10... The story of the two sisters, Martha and Mary. And Jesus goes to their house. It's, it's a great occasion, right, to be with Jesus. And, and the picture is this. Martha is busy preparing because she's, she's got the gift of hospitality. She wants to be a good host. So she's preparing. She's busy. She's busy. But when she sees her sister, her sister's doing nothing. Mary is just kneeling at the feet of Jesus, listening. And so Martha is trying to, you know, get some help and get Jesus in her corner saying, hey, Jesus, if you want to eat, like, tell, tell Mary to come and help. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to do that. You're busy doing all of these things. And I say, there's only a few things you need to do. In fact, only one. And Mary's got it right. So I'm not going to tell her anything. And Mary, what did she do? She was in the presence of Jesus. She decided to be still. You can always cook later. You know, I don't even know if Jesus ate the meal. We don't even know. But what we do know is what was commented on in that little visit to the house is that when we have an opportunity to be in the presence of Jesus, be still. Be still. Don't be so busy. Serve the Lord absolutely. But, but don't miss God in the process. Be still and know that he is God. King Jehoshaphat, you know, in 2 Chronicles 20, there's an army. There's a, there's a war that's about to start. They fast and pray. And you know this story if you've been in church long enough. But basically, they fast and prayed. And what does King Jehoshaphat do? Send out the worshipers first. And they didn't eat, they, in the morning they took their, their, their spots, their places, ready for battle. But they didn't have to lift a finger. Because the Lord said, I'm going to fight the battle for you. And he did. And I tell you, when you're still, you know that he is God. When we try to do things on our own in that story... It'd be like, get the troops ready, get the swords, get the spears, get the chariots, get everything we can. Like, this is going to be a big battle. But when you're still fasting and praying, it's like, we're going to worship the Lord first. We're going to honor God in this moment. And God fights their battle. You have to be still to know that he is God. Be still and know. And so I believe If you can stop long enough, 
you'll eventually start to hear him as well. So number one, we said be still, which requires me to stop. Number two is be quiet. And that requires me to listen. Being quiet requires me to listen. And by the way, that, that also implies that you know how to close your mouth. Because if you're going to listen, you have to close your mouth. Be quiet. Be quiet before the Lord. And there's a, a fascinating story in 1 Kings chapter 19. How many of you know the prophet Elijah, right? A great man of God. And did some great things just before chapter 19. And what happens here is he's fearing for his life. Jezebel wants to kill him. And so this is the prophet, the man of God, who just saw a mighty victory on Mount Carmel, and now he's fleeing and running for his life. Verse 3 says that. And it also tells us that he's at Mount Sinai, and he's hiding in a cave. Hiding in a cave. And I want to just read from 1 Kings 19, beginning at verse 9. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? By the way, I want to say this, that God knows your address. He knows how to find you, even if you are running away. Even if you bypass the be still and know that he is God, he knows how to find you still. And who knows, maybe in the cave, Elijah was still. But I, his thoughts were not of, you know, hey God, how can you use me next? His thoughts are, I'm going to die, I'm going to... I don't know what's in front of me, but I'm, I'm hiding out here, fearing for my life. But we're going to read in a second Elijah's words, which tells us his state. Follow along. Verse 10, Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. I'm going to stop there for a second. We talked about that tunnel vision that we often get into. In Elijah's case, I mean, he was one of the only ones left. But I can echo his words. I'm the only one left. And maybe you feel like that in your family, in, in, in the faith that you have in Jesus. Maybe there's no one else that's supporting you. Maybe there, you're alone in this. Maybe your family doesn't agree with you being in church today. I don't know your situation Maybe you feel like Elijah and you're saying, I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one. I want you to listen to what, how God responds in verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, went out, and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The significance of this experience for Elijah, you have to understand God controls all the elements. And so God could have used any of those big things, right? The, the wind blowing, 
the hurricane, if you will, the earthquake, even the fire. But God chose to reveal himself in the state and condition that Elijah was in, in the stillness of a gentle whisper. He asked the same question again after, but he's, I think, trying to communicate something to Elijah in the gentleness. You know, oftentimes we expect to find God in the big and in the loud and in the, the boisterous. But I oftentimes think that if we are able to be still, that God just wants to speak. And, and it's not always going to be, are you listening, right, in a PA system. I, th- I think in the stillness, it could even be of your lunch hour at work. If you will just position yourself to be still and know that he's God, I'm pretty sure that you will start to hear him speak. But again, be quiet. Be quiet. You know, prayer is communication with God. Very simply put, it's communication with God. And if, if anyone understands communication at all, communication is not just me speaking to you. But it, it, it's two ways. It's me speaking, but then me listening for the response then. And it's a back and forth kind of thing. But oftentimes, all we do with God is, Thanks, God. And that was our prayer time. But as we understand, be still and know that I am God, I'm quiet now before the Lord. I communicate, but I listen. I pray, but then I listen for the response from God. And it doesn't always have to be at a prayer meeting. It can be as you're walking. It can be as you're cutting the grass and you're just quieting yourself. You're taking all the busyness of everything that you still have to get done. And you're just saying, God, I'm, I'm just giving you this opportunity. Lord, I want to be still before you as I cut the grass. Lord, speak to me. There are so many things I want to say, God, and so many needs that I have. But God, I'm I'm listening for your voice. And God will speak. And I'm not saying it's an audible voice. I think only once in my whole life I've ever uh, felt like it was an audible voice that I actually heard. Most of the time, it's an inner peace that God gives about maybe something that I've been waiting and asking him about. Or he shows me something. But he speaks to Elijah, not in all of those big things, but in the quietness and in the gentle whisper. And I believe what God was doing to Elijah by asking him the same question, but in the gentle whisper, Elijah, what are you doing here? It's about recalibration. Amen? Recalibrating. Hey, you are the man of God. You are my mouthpiece. You're the prophet. But why are you here? It's time to recalibrate now. And I don't know where you've been at in your life. What cave you've been hiding in either. You know, this church could be a cave for some of us. Because it's a place where we just get to hide out. We get to be a Christian in here. But we just do everything else out there. And God wants to recalibrate your life. So that you look like him that you talk more like him, and that you represent Christ well to this world. Amen? You see, God can do all of those things, the big things that we read about. But he chooses, in Elijah's case, to reveal himself by the gentle whisper. And I submit that 
probably more often than not, that's the way God wants to speak to us. It's to quiet us down. You know, when I try yelling at my son in the heat of the moment, in whatever might be going on at home, let's say, or in the van, it doesn't really help. And I don't think, you know, nothing changes. You know how it works with our children? Even after their timeout, we have a specific place at home where is the timeout corner. When I get down on my knee, you know, he's calmed down by now. And I'm able to say, hey, okay, this is what's going on. And I want you to understand this is why daddy said that. And this is why you're in timeout. Do you know why you're in timeout now? And obviously he knows. My daughter knows too. I always use Josiah because he's the oldest one. But Abigail knows too. Guess what? Nathan He's not even two yet. He knows. He's like, sorry. And when I communicate with my children in that way, they understand. And it actually sinks, not just, okay, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, dad, whatever. It actually registers. And I believe, and I submit this to you, that as you are still before God, it requires you to stop. And you're quiet. It requires you to listen. That God will speak to you in the gentle whisper. And then the third thing is to be patient. Oh, some of us have a hard time with this one. <laughs> some of you are like, is he done yet? Is it 12? <laughs> Almost. But be patient. Be patient. You know, if you've planted some seeds because it's springtime, it's almost summer, and you hope the garden's going to grow, what do you need? Patience. Right? You put the seed in good soil, you water it, you do all of the necessary things to create the right environment for that seed to grow. But you can't rush the time it takes for the germination process, for the plant to grow, and then for the, the fruit to start producing on the, on, the, on the plant. Right? You understand? You follow? You can't rush the process. That's the time it takes. Again, I allude to the example of the drive through As believers, it's hard to listen to it. I get it. But listen, we want it now and we want it fast. It's like, just give me the three points, Pastor. I'm good. Just give me the scriptures. I'll write them down and then we'll move on. No. You need to hear what God is saying. You have to allow the time for the seed of God's word to take root in your heart. Listen, Sunday, this is a good environment to allow that seed to be planted. But you have to make sure it's getting watered. And that right environment is consistent so that it produces fruit in where? In your life. It's important. But we have to learn to be patient. Everything, everything about society is the complete opposite of this message. I want you to know that. Right? Everything moves fast. Everything is loud and everything has to happen now. And that's why we love technology and we, we get the newest version of, of this and of that because it's better and it's quicker. And, and we want things now. But God doesn't operate on our time schedule. Can you say amen? He doesn't. He operates all on his own for our good, for our benefit. But we have to learn to wait on the Lord. How many of you believe God is in the process? Amen? He is. 
And you can't rush the process. You have to be patient. And it requires you to wait. He is in the process and God is in the details. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. For who though? Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord. Yeah, you'll renew your strength in the process too. But back to our, our text that we read at the very beginning. Lamentations 3, 25 to 26. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him. To those who search for Him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It's not earned and it's not bought. It's received. It's received. And some of us today, to recalibrate, you need to be patient. And you need to learn to wait. You need to learn to wait on the Lord. You know, if some of us had our way, man, church could be packed into a pill. And, and in five minutes, like, you know, it goes through your system and, and you have everything you need for the rest of the week. Maybe some of you think that way. I don't know. I don't think that way. My wife knows. She's like, you're, you're slow on some things at home, more or less. But part of the process is that it produces what's necessary in my life for where God is taking me to. You know, when, when I used to drive six hours from Montreal all the way here to just visit Priscilla when we were dating and then when we were engaged and all of that, six, six hours is long, but guess what? I learned to enjoy the process because I loved the destination. Think about it. When God is the one leading your life and he's leading you somewhere, you know the destination is for your good Therefore, can't we just enjoy the process of waiting and being patient? No, no one said amen to that part. But yes, if God is good and if God is leading me, he's recalibrating my life, and I know that the destination is for my good, then I welcome the process. I welcome the, the, the time it's going to take for God to produce in me the things that are necessary to be able to enjoy what's waiting on the other side. And, and church, we need to understand this message is not just a, this was a word for today. This is a word for your life. That there are seasons where it is quiet, so it's maybe a bit easier. But there are seasons where life is just crazy and nonstop that you need to just remember. That's why I made it so simple. Be still. Be quiet. And be patient. Wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Be patient and allow God to do what only He can do. I want to just wrap everything up this morning with this uh, example of a lamp that has oil with a wick. Right? If you light that up, it'll burn slowly. But if we remove the element of oil from that little jar, the wick is going to burn up really quick. And I want to say this. We weren't meant to live life, by the way, we're the wick in that illustration, without oil. We're not meant to live life without oil. What does the oil represent in our lives? It's the Holy Spirit. 
It's the anointing that He gives us to live right. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.